Chase wants to know when it comes to sweatsuits, Amy Leon Dior or Essentials. I just think it's important to say that it just matters if it fits you. You know, it just matters if it fits you. You guys, poor Chase. You know, listen, man, the kid's trying. He's trying he, to get swag. He's, he's trying got, to get swag. ALD. He's yeah. got an ALD. He's got an ALD sweatsuit. Which I don't blame him because when you're around like big dogs like us rocks, mm-hmm. like you're you're more motivated to step up yeah, the drip. Yeah, yeah definitely. And the poor guy didn't understand how like the baggy shit is kind of in. And how sizing works. Dude. If you're above six feet. <laughs> he's six three buying a medium. Yeah. And I'm like, hey man, I wear a large. Yeah. I wear yeah, I wear a large or an XL. Yeah. I'm like, Chase, let's get you on that XL, maybe two X <laughs> yeah, vibe, dude. dude. Rock Nation, welcome back to episode 63 of the 505 Podcast. I just want to start off really quick with showing you guys what one of the best one-handed cracks in the game looks like, and that is honestly one of them, and that doesn't have a freaking dent in sight. That's a light 9-4 to start us off. That was pretty good. I'm going to hit one. Mm. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm -hmm. Ready? Oh, wow. You might as well just keep it up there. One of my worst ones yet. Oh, my God. can't even open it. Hideous. You should cut that out. You know, uh, uh, did you dent it? I I don't even think it could be a five though. Honestly, like usually, if it dents, it gets a. If it doesn't dent, it gets above a five. Um, that was one of the most pitiful performances I think I've ever seen. Uh, so we're gonna give like a one two start off the day. So a nine four and a one two. I mean that. That's what we're about, baby. And we're back. And this is a Q&A pod. I've been so excited to do this all week. Um, and I want to start off with a great question. Okay. okay. You, you, you tell me what you think. Well, about wait, wait, wait. Huh? Dude. Oh, yeah. We got we got to catch up, dude. Brayden. I don't know, dude. Listen, it's okay. been a long time. You were in Costa Rica. Hold on, hold on. Tell Brayden, me. Brayden's been talking about wanting to answer these questions all day. That we're not filling you guys in what we've been up to. I forgot. To, man. Yeah, I forgot. That's I me. missed a week, dude. Was in Costa Rica. You didn't tell LeBron that it was a must win, dude. Motherfucker got swept. Might retire now. What the fuck's going on, dude? We had a great run, an amazing season. Um, I think that I, I, I had some of my best stuff this year. So I, I, I'm happy with the outcome. And like, if you look at the beginning of the year, we. We started two and ten. We weren't supposed to be in the Western Conference yeah. Finals, um, and they came together as a team. It was a beautiful thing to see. And I think that next year, I think we could run it back. I think, like, dude, if you think about it, I think that they went, like, th- I'm gonna butcher this. I don't remember what it ended up with the new squad together, mm-hmm. but the record was like, let's pretend it was like fifteen and six with yeah. them together throughout this run. Uh, it's one of the best records in the NBA. So I think that, you know, next year, I think they keep the squad together. Who knows? Like we, we could potentially get a second ring. Yeah, dude. Could be sick. Would it was fun sick. though. I had a great time covering. Uh, I got to go up to San Francisco. I got to see the Bay. I was going to go to Denver game five, but we didn't go to game five. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the playoffs were, were an incredible time. I felt a lot of growth this year, looking at my nice. stuff from last year compared yeah, do to you, now. Do you have a highlight from this season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a few. I, I was going back through the through my archives as I was. I, I'm a coaching right now, so this is session three, creator coach program. Let's fucking go! Uh, and I was showing some highlights the other day on the call, and I'm like, damn, dude, from last year, I was doing some stupid shit, not following mm-hmm. the ball super well. Um, so just kind of looking at that stuff. The the clip that I got of Dennis Schroeder's yeah. freeze during the play-in is probably one of the most iconic shots I think I could have gotten this year, and it's just 
perfect. It's like one of my favorite shots I've ever got. Yeah, I think that's the one. That's the one. The freeze. LeBron and AD or LeBron and Dennis. You can see them like kind of in a line. Well, dude. Okay, the right. shot is fucking sick. But like, is making LeBron's record-breaking video not your highlight? I forgot about that. That's that's definitely one of the highlights. It's got to be like one of the best pieces you've made. Yeah, I think it was one of the best pieces I've made. It's so weird because like it feels like a big the year feels like a blur because it feels like there was mm. four seasons in one because we started off with like such a different team sure and damn 82 games a lot of games yeah. so yeah i'm i'm ready to rock and roll this off season i think nice. it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun off season dude, and hmm. you kind of went viral oh dude <laughs> i went viral dude, dude. the kid dude, went viral you just drop a milli bomb out of nowhere i don't even know what's going on i like look at reels open it up i'm like verified with 14k i'm like oh shit so i was gonna ask dude you're finally at 10k like how does it feel anything has anything changed actually so i was in air one right yeah. guy walks up rolls out the red carpet we've been expecting you like three people nice yeah and then you'll never believe this 505 pod listener right when i walk in the door I'm signing shirts. I'm like, you know, they hand me a, my press juice. They said, your order is here. I have a smoothie now. Wow. And have my own smoothie wow. in everyone. If you go and you ask for the beef figgy smoothie, they'll throw out you. The What's in it? It's like the Haley Bieber smoothie, yeah. but it's blue. Same thing. Okay. I just kind of change it up. So <laughs> nice. you, you know, if you like something, you just change yeah, it a yeah. little bit. You call it your own. So yeah, now now it's like, it's been crazy. It's like the same blue as the verification check. On yeah. And I, and I, you know, I tried to get into a club the other day and you know, there was a big line of people. Yeah. I just walked the, walk the front. I, yeah. I show my Instagram. I say, nice. you yep. guys see what's going yeah. on here. And yeah, they yeah. go, oh shit. Yeah. Come to the side. So get to going back to stuff now. That's been cool. Um, Welcome to the club, man. I know. It's, it's cool to be here. It was <laughs> really honestly, like it was a little embarrassing living with you for the past like two and a half years. Like. Like, oh, who do you live with? And I was like, oh, kind of like was trying to dodge the question. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, dude, yeah, be you can, figgy, you look can show him it. up. Yeah, you can show 10K it 10K plus. Feels good. We need to make a, we got a really funny video that we need to make now. Yeah. It's been in the works. It's a, it's kind of like a, it's a bit video, but you guys are going to think it's funny. So yeah, yeah. we'll post it hopefully in the next like two, three, four yeah. weeks, seven weeks. Um, Yeah. But dude, you're back from Costa Rica. Yeah, How man. was the land of Costa Rica? First time there's unreal. It was like a pyramid scheme summit thing <laughs> that you were going to. Yeah. Ponzi scheme. Yeah. I was actually going to talk to you, see if you wanted to sign up below me. We could seriously make some money. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Went to Costa Rica for a retreat, like a destination mastermind retreat. Mm. Um, this girl, Celia, has this company called The Weekenders. Mm -hmm. And she runs these retreats for like high level entrepreneurs. And we had been following each other for on Instagram for a minute and she had been trying to get me out and I just like hadn't been able to help her out and like go on any of these trips before. This one worked out, ended up being her last one, but she said this was like her favorite one. And went out there for like three days beforehand, met the other creators um, and we all stayed in this really sick villa. Like the whole trip was comped, it was free, got to meet some amazing people. And then, so I got to get to know the creators really well, Austin and Matt, like super dope guys. We're gonna keep working together on some stuff in the future, which is exciting. But when we did the actual like mastermind, these people who were on the retreat are all like crushing it in business, like seven figure plus entrepreneurs. And I'm not around those kinds of people too often. I don't know about I mean, you. I live, yeah, I live in the house, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be like, no, I'm at fucking crypto.com, you know? Crazy entrepreneurs <laughs> over there. 
But you feel or, what? What did you feel like you learned the most from being around a, a group of people like that that are crush, yeah, all because they're all in different fields, right? It wasn't like all creators. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, most of them are making money online in some way. There was one guy, Brian, who's crushing it in um, real estate and actually doesn't make any money online. But that's what he was like going there for. He's like to try to learn how to make more money online. Some people were like automating um, using AI, like that's their business model. Um, selling courses, coaching, all that kind of stuff. But, and it was crazy because every there there was nine total people, two, only two were above the age of 30. Everybody else was like literally 28 or younger. Young money, crazy. man. Crazy. Young yeah. people with bread. That's yeah. crazy. Good for them. Um, it's awesome. I would say the the thing that I learned the most is how important it is to just like invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. There was a doctor there named david and he was like one of the smartest dudes i've ever met so he said the man who chases two rabbits never catches one meaning build one thing make that thing grow before you focus on the next and i was like that's so interesting i kept thinking about the pod the whole time i was there um we were doing like some goal setting and um most of my goals were about the podcast because i just want this thing to grow so bad let's go but it was just like these people they're less worried about like making money and more so just focusing on how they can like buy back their time and like just be able to do things that they want to do they're like if you're chasing the money like you can always make more money so that shouldn't be your purpose for doing what you want you need to have a deeper purpose um and just like being around those people man everyone was like so cool so genuine it was just like a great experience. It came. I feel like the trip for me came at a perfect time. Like just it, yeah, you're done with your job. Done with touring. Mm-hmm. Got to go on this week vacation. Was working a little bit, but like was way different. It was really funny because I wasn't sleeping a ton because we were like up late, like shooting and then like transferring footage and kind of editing and then like waking up early for like yoga to like film yoga at like six a.m. or whatever. Yeah, like class, classic. I go listen yoga and bonsai bowls. Exactly right. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, I was like, listen, like anything is better than like what I was doing touring. Like this is, this is nothing. I'm used to being on little sleep, but overall, man, it was like a super, um, incredible trip and I feel rejuvenated, super inspired and ready to get after it. I think the summer, man, I'm, I'm excited. Keon, Keon's been under the underpass taking finals and he's going to be back up with us in like four or five days. I just finished the season. You're done with Loud Luxury. I mean, we're excited to have our good friend Chase back yeah. right here Chase next to us. Chase is busy on a shoot Dude, right he's, now. he's shooting for the boy. Like, Chase is doing some cool stuff with Hyundai right now. He's been sending us some snaps. So he's on set for the next two days. Yeah. So we had to put the team on our back. We miss you, Chase. We hope that you're, you know, just crushing it on your shoot. But I, I think that the summer is is going to be our time to put in yeah. so many hours into this, like our baby. 100%. You guys don't even understand how many hours we put into the show. And we don't make any money off the show, you know, yet. And it's it's awesome, though, because your guys' messages, like, it really fuels the fire for this for this operation to keep Hell going. Yeah. And it's like, just shout out to all of you that have left a review, subscribed. Like, that is literally currency to us. Yeah. You don't even understand how appreciative we are of that. So if you can, right now, you know, go th- go throw us a little five-star review. Yeah, yeah. Helps the boys out a lot. Dude, um, it's crazy how well the last episode did. It's insane. Shout out to Low. Yeah, Dude, shout I, I want to meet him. Yeah, we're going to have to do a little something here. Yeah. Maybe we get some people over for the finals yeah. or something. But you guys, that, that episode is our most downloaded app by far. Like crazy. Um, So shout out to y'all. Shout out to Low. Yeah. Appreciate him coming on and sharing sharing his story but i i think that we should get into this q and a yeah what do you think i i dude i think so 
I'm excited about these questions. And you know, the, the first one that I want to ask you is, uh, is pretty funny. So this is from little boy, Jared. Okay. okay. <laughs> nice. And he asked, do you ever take days off to just step back and live a normal day? It's from little boy, Jared. What do you think about that? Days off. I don't even know if that's in my vocabulary. What does that mean? I think that's when you don't do shit. You just kind of like, Oh, no, no, no. Not no, that. No. That's, you're not that kind no, of No, days off and Costas Garcia don't really go together. You okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, days off, no, definitely not. I would say like when I wake up mm-hmm. at four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm waking up in my cold tub mm-hmm. so that I don't have to like get in it yes. already. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. ha- like 90% of the battle is mental. So like if you wake up in the cold tub, you don't have to like prep yourself to Missing get in that whole step. Yeah. And my cold tub's actually in my shower. So I'll turn the shower on the cold shower will be hitting. So you get cold tub and cold shower. You're fully submerged. Anxiety's gone completely. Mm. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Hit a workout, run, meditate for like a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like, I don't want to get too far yeah, into like yeah, my morning routine. Yeah, don't get too crazy. But that's every us. day. And then on top of like just crushing content every single day. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? And we all can't be Costas Garcia. Yeah, it's tough. Thanks, brother, for your for your question. Okay. <laughs> but no, actually, days off are necessary. They're important. You know, you got to take, you got to rejuvenate I, the body. I think I take more days off than I work, to be honest with you, dude. I think that every, every person though, that you're going to ask that will have a different answer for that. Yeah. You could, you could argue about work life. Literally everything is made up. It's all made up. Mm-hmm. Seriously. It's literally work yeah, life yeah. balance is a yeah. made up word. Okay. If you feel like you're refreshed and that your, your buckets for your family, your friends, your relationships, um, your business and your sleep and your health are all checked. Yeah. I think you can do whatever it is that is for you. Totally. You know, and I think you see different, you know, different people like, oh, I don't spend as much time with my family, but they're okay. That's a choice. That's a sacrifice that they've given to fill up the other bucket of whatever that's going to look like. So I think for every person, that's going to be a different answer. But at the end of the day, you're human and there's going to be a point where if you're chugging, 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 you're not doing all those other little buckets for your health, your sleep, you're going to burn out. You're not going to feel good. And then I think everything suffers. Your relationships suffer, mm-hmm. friendships, whatever. It goes all down the line. So it's, I think it's important to just figure out what it's going to look like for you. And that's part of life. I think that I'm still figuring that out. You know, it's, yeah. I don't think it's something that you ever really have fully figured out. It's no. something you're always kind of working yeah. at, you know, I gotta, I w- go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I would even go as far as to say for anyone doing anything creative, mm-hmm taking days off and doing nothing is vital. It's like important. You yeah. need to be doing that. Like, and I'm so, um, I'm guilty of feeling guilty when I'm doing nothing just because you f- always feel like you can be doing more and you should be doing more. And if it's like, if you look at someone on social media who's like posting more than you, um, or looks like they're doing more than you or ahead of you, you're like, I can't take days off because like I need to get where they're going or like I'm not where I want to be yet. But, um, and granted, for example, like Costa Rica, it refueled me and I feel like inspired again to work, but it doesn't need to be a whole freaking trip that you take. Like even just giving yourself an hour to go watch TV on the couch or like take a walk or like go watch the sunset doing something where you're like not doing anything work related, taking a whole day to be like, you know what? There's some days I wake up and I'm like, I ain't got it today. And I'm just like, all right, fuck it. Like I'll get them tomorrow. 
And I think that's important. You got to listen to your body and like the days off are necessary. 100%. This is question number two from Jay Solo Photo. How did each of you practice video to get somewhat good at the start? Jay Solo, I got a thing for you, man. You're going to suck in the beginning. Everybody sucks, dude. And I, th I saw something the other day. I really want to relay this message to you guys. And like when you start out, right, you make your first graphic, your first video, you take your first set of pictures, right? To you in that very beginning stage, that's like all that matters in life. It's so important to you. Like that first post is huge. It's like this big thing. But once you've made, I've made thousands, of, literally thousands of videos. I couldn't give a single shit about the first like, you know, 500 that I made because they're not yeah. good. And they were just purely to practice and yeah. to get, you know, into a rhythm and kind of figure out what the heck I'm doing and like what all the settings do, how they affect your camera. Um, and so in the beginning, I would say to throw out the concept in your head of like, oh, I'm trying to get good and I'm just trying to make stuff, mm. whatever, whatever it's going to be. So like try to throw out all of your judgment, even though that's very easy, you know, way easier said than done. But try to just get things out that you like, because yeah. I think that if you do that, you're going to have more longevity. If you're super hard on yourself and you're like, my photos don't look like Costas's concert photos or like my photos don't look like Braden's sports videos. My sports videos, I've been doing, I've shot so many ba more basketball games than you probably, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, you shouldn't expect to be at the top of your game. And if you get into that comparison game with other people, you're going to go down a very lonely road that I don't think you want to be on. Yeah. What do you think? Well, when I was first starting out, like I picked up a camera for fun. Like mm. I practiced just because I was skateboarding with my buddies and wanted to make some videos purely for fun. So mm. What, like the way I like practiced, it wasn't for like clients yeah. or anybody else besides myself. It was something that I did purely out of enjoyment. My friends skated. I was like, I want to film that. Or, you know, GoPros came out and I was like, I'm going on a ski trip. I'm going to take it. And it was purely out of enjoyment, purely something that I did for fun. And by doing that and getting the reps in, I was practicing. Yeah. But I would also say when you see something that inspires you, let's say, you watch a video or you come across a photographer's work that you really enjoy taking inspiration from their work and saying like, Oh, I remember when Sam Colder was popping off. I was like, I'm going to try to make a video and incorporate that transition mm -hmm. that I saw or like figure out how to do that. Um, something I think you have to be careful about when you're first starting out is let's say you do learn like a new editing technique, a transition, whatever it may be. It's really easy to overuse it when you first learn a new thing. So just be wary of that. But I think the best way to practice is to like go out and shoot and either you have a plan or you don't. Let's say you're just taking a walk around the block, taking photos, great. But also like maybe have some intention when you go um, out to shoot for fun. If you see someone's work that you like, be like, you know what? I want to try to make a video like that just for practice. Yeah, or do an activity. I, yeah. I didn't even answer the question, but like I vlogged on YouTube. Yeah. I was making fitness vlogs and that was how I practiced. And then I remember after like eight months of making those fitness vlogs, someone from school saw them yeah. and wanted, besides the people that were making fun of me, the people, this one random person was like, hey, I want to hire you to do something like these edits in your videos. And so that's kind of what sparked my, oh, I could do this yeah. for a job, you know? So anything that you have, I feel like at your disposal whether yeah. you know your friends can go to the beach whatever on a little hike you know yeah, 100 this is from our good friend evan anderson good friend of the pod astro bro pros and cons of living in la as a creative i'll go with a con first and you hit me with a pro it's super expensive here yeah and, and number two con the best of the best people live here so it's pro and a con because you're like not only yeah. around really uh, successful people it's like motivating but at the same time you're competing 
sure. with the best people because yeah. they live here, you know? Um, pro, I would say just a shitload of opportunity mm. and the ability to network with other creatives. Um, and then on top of that, just the weather. I mean, the weather's been shit literally the last like five, six week, months. But living in an area with good weather helps your mental you know what i'm saying that eugene oregon rain let me tell you dude here this is this is uh, the finer things in life i would also say something that's sick about la and just kind of like southern california or just kind of california in general is like we have the beach we have the mountains we have city we have desert like you can really go shoot at a bunch of different um locations that not other that a lot of other cities or even states just like don't have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. This is from Will George. If you could go into a new area of filmmaking, what would it be? I know mine off the top of my head. I would go film orcas, dude. I would be like the orca filmmaker guy. Nice. Yeah, that would be my thing. I think that would be so fun. What would your thing be? Wait, are you getting in the water? Are you shooting from a drone? Like me and the orcas, I'm like one with, I'm like part of the pod. Okay. You know, I'm like part of that. I'm like the 13th whale, but a very much smaller version, you know? I would love to film surfing. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Something with the water. Yeah. In in it, like physically in it or from the beach? I feel like it'd be so hard to tread water. Holy. And get a smooth, crispy shot. The surf guys are different, dude. They're great swimmers, obviously. I think I would stick to maybe staying on shore from a boat (laughs) and maybe like find a dude who's like sick at being in the water. I think it'd be fun to get in there from time to time. But like those guys who are in the water at Pipeline, crazy, crazy, dude. Different, Um, different breed of people. But yeah, I think, I think I've never shot anything like with underwater housing, obviously besides a GoPro, but like I've never shot like surfing. I think that'd be really fun. fun. Let's go. Um, social strategy for 2023 for beginners. This is from Monique Harbaugh. Mm. And I think that right now, if I was you, Monique, I would, okay, this is what I would do. Okay. I would figure out what you have time for in your week. Cause this is going to vary depending on how much time you have. Yeah. I would start with the vertical stuff. I would start with TikTok and reels. Cause it's going to get you the most free, um, potential growth for organic organic content and you can post the same shit on on youtube shorts as well so you can simultaneously grow shorts tiktok and reels kind of all at the same time and i would focus on vertical at this exact moment right now um, when you're listening to this and i would i would just post the things that you're that you're passionate about or the or figure out if you're a if you're someone that's trying to maybe sell something or sell a service figure out the people that you want to help and how you can provide value to those people and start giving them content based off of the questions that you might get about your business mm-hmm. or like inquiries things yeah. like that and i think you can you can start to figure out like you know if you're a lawyer what are the most co- the common questions you get from people oh this happened in my car okay whatever and you make content for those people yeah. then they'll be like oh when i get in an accident or something i'm gonna call this lawyer guy yeah you know what i mean so that's what i would do um on top of that i would say try a bunch of different types of videos dabble with like answering questions making vlogs day in the life um giving tips and tricks whatever it may be um try a bunch of different things and see what performs well and what you enjoy making and and stick with that and then also going back to what you're saying about the time like it depends on how much time try to choose one or two days a week and dedicate that to creating content as opposed to because obviously you want to post as consistently as possible in an ideal world you're posting every day if you can carve out you know a few hours on like a monday or a tuesday 
shoot all of your content and edit it and bulk your content, that allows you to stay more consistent when posting. That's facts. Okay, Costas, this is from Austin Farmer. What clothes do you wear on set? What's too formal and what's too casual? Okay. Well, I literally would wear the same pair of pants when I was shooting concerts every time. And then I would wear um, like a beater pair of Air Force Ones or the Reeboks, uh, like the old school Reeboks. I'm actually wearing them right now. Check them out. Yep, throw those things up there. Throw them up there. Get flexy. Yep. Show them. Those are cool. Yeah. Brayden can't afford these ones. These bad boys no, are sick. Yeah, you're right. I just can't afford <laughs> them. <laughs> Flex on me, dog. Um, so, yeah, my my um, my uniform was like uh, a baggier pair of black cargo pants just to not be tied down by like skinny jeans. Skinny jeans are out and they're hard to yeah, walk not, around. Not the vibe anymore. If you're wearing, if you're rocking skinny jeans, yeah. go get those things at Goodwill and go get some yeah. some looser pants. Um, a comfortable pair of shoes um, that I was okay with, like getting stepped on. I didn't really care. And then just a black shirt. Sometimes I'd have a graphic, sometimes not. But when it comes to concerts, always all black. I remember the first show I did. I had a gray shirt, like this really cool, sick gray shirt. And the tour manager was like cool shirt but um we only wear black if you're part of the crew and i was like okay gotcha so pretty much all black i I think if if it's funny because i did a shoot not too long ago for an ad agency and i was like rocking my all black fit i pull up to set dude this was like a fashion show if you guys are wearing fur the photographer's got on a fuzzy hat and a fur coat i'm like what what is going on yeah you know so i think that it's actually changing for like the marketing and ad people i noticed that they actually use yeah they kind of use a set almost is like a is like a way to express themselves and mm-hmm. kind of like show off their yeah. um their personality a little bit yeah. uh, i personally always am rocking all black and yeah. that's what we when we rock 505 stuff all black sketch hours had yeah. obviously sketch hours hoodie um it, it, at nba games and whatnot though i'll wear i try to wear like a cool pair of sneakers because yeah. it's kind of like the culture of the NBA. Yeah. Like everyone's got a cool pair of sneaks on, um, a black pair of Lululemon pants or Nike tech pants like okay. that are kind of like yeah. that silky, um, something comfortable. Yeah, dude. Cause you want to be able to be flexible, yeah. you know, and, and then, you might get caught in the game. So yeah, you- so I might get tapped dope. I might get tapped in and yeah. I want to be ready for my moment. So yeah. I could just pull them off, you know? Um, and then I just rock like a hoodie or whatever, like the team is rocking. Yeah. You have day. a full Lakers uniform <laughs> Under, underneath. I'm like, I'm ready for whatever <laughs> yeah. moment. <laughs> That's funny. I would also say I don't shoot a lot of events. I think with concerts and sports, you're rocking all black. Mm. If you're shooting events, depending on how fancy the event is, I, you, I would always say like, Go all black for, yeah. for sure, regardless. But like if you're shooting an event that's maybe a little bit nicer, um, maybe go with like a bu- like a black button mm, down. Mm-hmm. You never got to be in a fucking like no, suit. No, yeah. I don't even think like if you shoot a wedding, you yeah. don't got to be in a suit. No. I, I remember when I was shooting weddings, I would just wear like a button up, yeah. like a dressier pair yeah. of pants yep. and then like sneakers because yep. like I need to be moving around. I'm not the guy, yeah. you know, in the suit. I, but I also think it's, you know, it's better to be. If you're there like a formal event, go maybe a little over rather than in a sure. t-shirt than yeah. under. That's just me, but whatever. Thoughts you know? on rocking just like a black polo for a wedding? Yeah, sure. Cool. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is from our, our good friend, Daniel Rodriguez, who also just bought a home. So shout out to him. Really? Dude, full-time creator, bought himself a house in Arizona. Shout out, Daniel. Okay. What do you do on your downtime not video related? I'm in my room, dude, taking care of the fish tank. 
I love yeah, you that do love fish that. tank, dude. Got a saltwater coral fish tank. So nice. you think about Australia, Great Barrier Reef in my room. That's what we're working with. <laughs> yeah. What do you do in your downtime? In my downtime, again, like I don't know what he means by downtime. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you. It doesn't <laughs> it's really, like, it just doesn't. I'm fucking grinding. Not in your vocab list, dude. No, um, I'm probably getting big in the gym just because Brandon over here is looking small. Um, yeah, just like lifting a lot of weights and like a lot of deadlifts. Um, no, in all seriousness, um, kicking it. Like, for example, like this weekend, I went to uh, EatCon, fun. which was fun. I finally got my weekends back, dude. So doing fun things on the weekend. Uh, weather's about to warm up. Go to the beach. Maybe play some spike ball. Mm. Play some beach volleyball. Surf a little bit. Pickleball. Yeah, pickle. I need to get into that. We yeah, should do that. We're going to do that. Um Man, like I'm still taking photos for yeah, fun. You know what I'm go. saying? Traveling a little bit. Oh, my favorite thing to do um, would probably be to cook. Fine. Like I love to try new recipes. You see me chefing. Yeah, today. I see him chefing. Yeah. Okay. This is from J1B Sam. Talk to us about your high school self for some of your viewers getting ready to graduate high school. God, dude. Start I me was, off. What I do you got? So <laughs> sick in high school, man. I just, I can't help but smile. Thinking about just young Costas just killing it. Um, no, man, I had a, like Bieber hair, mm. like the classic Justin Bieber hair. I haircut. had it before he had it, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. I had say, it way say. before the dude had it. He um, made it popular, but I was like, we yeah. forgot. You guys were making fun of me yeah, yeah. for having a bull cut. Fucker. Fucking bastards, dude. Um, me in high school, man, I played baseball, similar to you, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball and wrestled. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played baseball. Um, didn't really, really have many friends. I was kind of like a little bit of a loner. And, um, but I was still like cool. And then um, got along with everybody, like got decent grades. And um, dude, you know, I was trying to f- remember like in high school, like what did I do on weekends? And it's like, I went to parties like here and there. And then like, I guess like had baseball games on the weekend, but like nothing too crazy. I feel like I was just doing, yeah, I was just wrestling all the time. Um, but I think in high school that I, th- I thought that, um, when little things would happen to me or like in, in hindsight in my head, they were like big things. Yeah. And I thought that was like the end of the freaking mm. world and that like everything was collapsing. Like yeah. I was never going to recover. For, how will I financially recover from <laughs> this? Um, and like, oh, I, I failed this test. Like I'm not going to get into my dream school. And I think that for kids in high school that might be listening to this, like, dude, at the end of the day, man, you can control what you can control. Yeah. So try to do your best in school. Be nice to everybody that you meet seriously because you you have no idea where your classmates are going to go off. And you might be yeah. in a meeting one day and be like, oh, my gosh. Like, and if you're nice to everybody, you're probably going to get, you know, get the job and it's just going to make the world a better place. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I think that, like, just enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Fucking life short, dude. You know, once you're out into once you're out of college or if you don't go to college and you start like once you work, like you're working, dude. Yeah. You're like in this force of like I wouldn't call it like I don't want to call it the rat race, but you're you're working, dude. You're like yeah. you're going to shoots or you're doing your job, whatever. So like in high school, enjoy it with your friends. Yeah. Be with your family, because once you leave your your home, your your childhood home, you're, you're not going to see yeah. your family as much, you know, and it's totally. kind of, it's kind of a weird thing to think about. I saw this graph the other day on, on Twitter talking about like how much time you spend with your family. And then as soon as you move out or whatever, it just obviously it makes sense, but it yeah. completely drops off. And so like try to enjoy that time and just be young, dude, have yeah. fun, go to the bonfire, go to those senior yeah. events. Like that's what I would say. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
This is from Ryan W. Lucas, part of the Creator Coach Program. Let's, fucking, oh, yeah. let's go, Ryan. Thoughts on older creators, 40 years plus. Tips for us from your young ass perspective. Tell I me. would Okay. I would say if you're an older creator, mm-hmm. lean into your life experience and the knowledge you've garnered over the past 40, 50 plus years. Someone that comes to mind is Peter McKinnon. Shout out Peter McKinnon. He was older when he started making YouTube, but just the way he came about and did his videos, like you could tell he just had so much knowledge about his craft. And he was just like this likable older dude. He felt like your dad teaching you about photography and video. Mm. So I would say like a piece of advice would just be something that you have on younger creators is like, life experience and Mm. lean into that yeah and i think that like you know at the end of the day we're all learning trying failing and all these apps and like making all these videos and whatnot so just just embrace it embrace like this time of of trying new things you know and like not putting too much pressure on yourself to be perfect or to not fail because i think that at the end of the day like if you're not if you're not failing at stuff you're probably not pushing yourself, yeah. you know? So like kind of embracing into that and be like, all right, you know, screw it. Let's just like go out and try things that I want to do. And it, I think Ryan, I'm pretty sure got into filmmaking later on, like in yeah. his, in his thing, he's, he's a power lineman actually, just Same. given Ryan's life story, but um, he's it. a power lineman. And I think that like, that is such an interesting thing. I remember when I was telling him, I was like, dude, not as many people get to see the perspective of yeah. like of that job. And so you have a cool opportunity now to film that and like explain the stories and like how dangerous it could be and mm-hmm. all the different things about your job that make it different than, yeah. you know, a guy that's an accountant or something. That's so, so true. Yeah, I'd lean into that, lean into the things that you've done and that he's experienced in his, what do you say, in his, four, you know, his 40, over 40 years of life. Yeah, it's crazy. I would also say don't, kind of what, going back to what you were saying is, don't be afraid to try new things and and try not to get in that mindset of like when TikTok came out and you're like, I'm not hopping on that app. That's for like younger kids or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like embrace, embrace it, it. Embrace the new shit that mm-hmm. comes out. It'll be interesting to see. I feel like me and you have a pretty good um, like pulse on culture in the sense of like if a new app comes out, we're going to like try it out. Mm-hmm. But try not to get stuck in like your way. Kind of be like open-minded when when you're going about maybe trying new things. I like it. This is from our good friend K. Scott. How do you personally navigate hypocritical slash negative feedback? I'll tell you this. This is something that I figured out a long time ago. It's that most clients don't understand how to give good feedback. So you 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 know you guys have probably gotten an email like I don't like this. That's not helpful to me or to you. So what I like to do in the beginning of a relationship because it is a relationship at the end of the day with these clients is you say, "Hey, um, you know, I just want to give you give like have a call and talk to you guys about how we give feedback with our company." And I think if you have a call with them and you say, "Hey, this is an example of really good feedback. Hey, at, at O2, I don't like this shot. I would like it replaced with this shot that I know that we took that day." An example of bad feedback is, "I don't like this. Fix it." No, we're not going to play the game of like, I go fix stuff and I send it back. Oh, I don't like it. Whatever. No, we're not going to do that. So giving them good, you're literally training them on the best way to work with your company. And if yeah. they, if they've worked with other people and they've you know developed maybe bad habits, you got to figure that out before you start sending them stuff. Cause then you, if you're the editor or your editor is going to be really sad when they get an essay of notes. And I think that that'll just help streamline the process for your business or for you as a freelancer. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. Also, let them know right off the bat if like you wait for multiple rounds of feedback and they're kind of taking digs at you or whatever it may be um 
it's just tough like address it earlier on rather than later on. yeah i think so too and and realize that a lot of the time like i used to be so married to my v1 right just make a director's cut at the end of the day they're yeah. paying you're they're paying for the video totally right or they're paying for the photos or the way they're edited whatever so just do the changes yeah. you can always advise and say hey i i want to i think it should be like this but if they don't yeah. want it like that don't try and full court press them on your opinion because it doesn't matter dude yeah. you already have your sick video in your vault of like to be able to post you know this is from joe urena what do you do when you have a creative block or uninspired kosis what do you do i try to get out of my daily routine if i'm in a rut if i'm feeling uninspired it's probably because i'm just like going through the motions um you don't again have to take like a full-on trip but let's say you've been in the house all day like get out of the house fucking consume some other people's content you know whether it's going on pinterest or watching someone who you like uh their youtube videos uh picking up a book like journaling getting out of your head you're hitting another that was 10 lefty just for fun that was crazy and dude. that was and not my best work but not bad that was pretty good lefty's pretty impressive Lefty's tough but yeah i would just say man like get out of the house get out of your daily routine go experience something new um and if you can honestly like fucking take a trip mm -hmm. yeah and, and don't be kind of like what we were going back to about taking days off like if you're in a creative rut, don't be afraid to be like, dude, you know what? I'm not going to pick up the camera for a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit of a... I'm going to... You got it. English, please. Had a stroke. I'm going to take a little bit of a break, go experience some new things, you know, go have some fun and come back to yeah. my work. Completely later. agree. I just step away, come back yeah. when when I think that I'm what I think that I'm ready. Uh, Matt... Oh, wait. Uh, tell me. What's up? Um, buy new camera gear. Buy new stuff. Yeah, buy yep. new stuff. Invest. There yeah. it is. Uh, Matt Galampo <laughs> says, what do you do during the off season? It's kind of interesting because I feel in a way that working in sports is almost like being a teacher, but you're paid throughout the off season, right? Sure. So like a lot of the off season is just kind of meeting, going over what worked that year, going over what didn't work well, how can we be better as a team? And then you're really prepping for uh, the camp to start, you know, and it's pretty crazy how fast it does start back up. So you get a little bit of a break. Um, like right now we're in a break, and especially if your team's not as good, you get a bigger break. Um, and then, yeah, you get, get ready for training camp, kind of get your assets under control. Maybe you're going to change the look and feel of the content. Maybe you're investing in new gear. We just kind of had like a meeting about stuff we could buy for the off season. So that Sick. was, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then we're just getting ready to rock and roll for the next season are they buying any new gear that's we're sick? buying cool shit Fuck a lot yeah. of cool stuff i was just throwing stuff on the list that i like you should tell them that they need one of those like uh robots oh i did uh, yeah like two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars like dude we need this it'll be really sick yeah i'm really trying my hardest yeah. um austin rayfield creators that you consume um i watch a lot of b figgy and chase Aroni. i've been watching sam newton stuff I like Sam. Yeah, Sam. Sam, shout out Sam. Sam yeah. made a really cool like my year video. You guys should go check it out. Um, He's really good. Sam's dude. good, dude. Honestly, like every like not even to just like you know fucking talk about the guys we've had in the pod, but I really do enjoy their stuff. Dude, Lowe's a great creative. Like seriously, all the I took a deep dive into Lowe's yeah. stuff, bro. He's a beast. I'm inspired. Yeah, he's, he's great. Sick. Casey Neistat, Dan Mace. Um, what's the guy that's uh the older dude create more studio what's his name make art now i like not he's not old but like make art. oh yeah now. he's cool i like this new dude that i found on tiktok adrian purr i think it's oh my god adrian yeah i need to get him on the pod bad yeah. 
Um, he said he's down. Yeah, he'd be a great guest. I love Jacob Owens. Yeah. There's, uh, I like Christian Guzman sometimes, yeah. and, and even though I'm like, you know, off my swole grind. Like, I don't know. I just like, I feel like I have some of those people that are just like comforting mm-hmm. that I'm just like, let me just check in and what they're up to. And yeah, you just watch some of that stuff. Dude, you know who I like to watch? Huh. It's almost like a, a guilty pleasure. Hmm. Nelk. Oh, really? <laughs> like... <laughs> I've watched some of their, I, I, their, my friend Sean is an editor for them. Uh-huh. We went to school together. And so I do like to support, uh, yeah. support him and go check out his stuff. Cause he's editing or shooting That's a lot sick. of that stuff. Do they, you watch the Amish one? <laughs> was it funny? It's like, I didn't watch the whole thing and I was like consuming mainly like clips, but just like hilarious dude. Um, their yeah, char- their characters. Nuck's pretty funny. I, um, I also was doing like a deep dive on Kai Sinet. Mm. I think cause Lo was talking about yeah, him. Streamer. He's really funny. Um, and then a comedian whose podcast I really like is, um, Andrew Schultz. Yes. I like Cody Co stuff. Forgot about yeah. him. I love just 20, 30 minute video. Oh, you know, watching who's his also shit. speaking of Cody Co Tell is, me. um, almost Friday. Have you seen their stuff? Mm-mm. They do bits. Mm. They're so fucking funny, dude. You guys should go, should go check them out. That's good stuff. I'll show you after. This is from Williams J. What are your typical quotes or price ranges? Okay. William. Williams J, this is going to be super different from anybody that you ask, right? Everyone's going to have a different number. Um, tell you like out here, I'm not going to go bring my really expensive camera and all the setup stuff for less than I, I my day rate's 3000 bucks to get me out, to come out and shoot. Okay. If I'm going to come out and like, that is literally just to shoot. That's nothing else. It's just to shoot stuff. That's what I'm going to charge you. Um, and I think that out here, it's going to vary anywhere from like, dude, you could find someone for 400 bucks, 200 yeah. bucks, 250 bucks to come out, help you with stuff. Obviously the quality as you get higher up on that list. And I'm not even of a high number out here, dude. There's guys that are getting like ridiculous DPs are getting like 20 K a day mm-hmm. out here for like movie people, dude. Right. You know? So I think that it, it just depends who you ask. And it also depends on the client. I like to say though, that I don't have, I don't ever tell clients like, oh, this is my day rate for this, right? It's on a per project basis because I'm not the one doing every side, every piece of the, of the project. I'm not producing sure. it. I'm not coloring it. What I'm not maybe editing it. So it's going to vary depending on the project and yeah. what, what it's used for, why they need the project, all those different, the deliverables, all the yeah. different assets and whatnot. So it's going to change every time. It's not be like, oh, the, I only charged a thousand bucks for a video or whatever. But long story short, you're not walking out that door for less than three thousand. Yeah, I want some money, dude. Yeah, dude. I paid so much money for that camera. We gotta get. We gotta yeah. pay it back off. What do you do? What do you think? Three thousand. I would. I. You could get me out the door for depending just to shoot probably like fifteen hundred to two thousand, depending on what it is. And what it is, yeah. But I, price you know, goes up if you don't want to do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I guess, and and I say that because I don't have, I think, as much experience of being on like a bigger production. But I would say like twenty five hundred. I would say is like in my ballpark pocket mm-hmm. for like shooting, f- like full day rate, um, no editing or anything like that. Okay, this is a great question from Cole Sarver Media. What's a good set of photo and video deliverables for a three k a month retainer client? Okay. That's a great question. I think, um, let's just, I'm going to make this easy on ourselves and I'm just going to do short form stuff like vertical things. I'm not going to do any, like anything wide that's like longer. Um, I think in 3000 bucks range, you could maybe do 
five to seven vertical pieces of content, vertical videos. And then I think personally, I think like a set of like a handful of photos, whether that be like 15 ish, 20 edited stills. Um, I think you could get it. This also, this is so dependent on where you live, who the client is and how much like this, what they're using this content for, right? 3000 bucks might be one video out here. That's 30 seconds long um, for just someone to edit, you know? So this is, this is very, this kind of changes depending on the size of this client and like, you know what I mean? And also what they need. I have no idea what, that's the thing guys, right? Like I'm telling you, Oh, they could do five. What it depends on what they need. If they're like, Oh, Hey, we need photo content to run for our ads. Okay. That then we're not going to give you video content. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't really, I don't love the, I like the question. Shout out Cole. He's a homie, but like, I don't love being able to answer this properly because I don't think, I don't think I can. I don't think I can be like, oh, five, five short form pieces of content. But that's just kind of like what popped into my head. I'll give you an example. Hmm. I think I could answer this question. Maybe like, let's say a gym okay. came to me mm-hmm. or a clothing brand okay. came to me and they said, hey, our monthly budget is $3,000. What can you give us? Photo, video, deliverables. Let's just take a gym, for example. Okay. Like, I could probably give you, like you said, about 15 to 20 photos. Let's say you shoot once a week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you... Or once a month, you mean? Would you shoot once a month for them or twice a month? No, 3K a month retainer. Let's say you shoot once a week at a gym. Okay. I could give you anywhere from one to two videos and let's say like five stills. Per session. Per session. Uh-huh. So let's say, yeah, I, I would say for 3K, you could give them anywhere from like, I would probably stick to like one video personally, mm. but like depending on the client, maybe yeah, you give them like are. anywhere from four to eight videos a month and anywhere from 15 to 30 stills. I know that's a wide range, but it depends on like the client and like kind of where you're at. Mm. If you're kind of just starting out, um, 3K might feel like a lot more, but if you're a little bit more well-established, like 3K might not seem like a ton. Mm. Um, But yeah, I would say anywhere between like four to eight vids, anywhere between like one to two a week, and then anywhere from like five to seven or eight stills per week. Also depends on how long and how intricate these videos are. You know what I mean? But I I like what you were saying going off of like a 15 to 30 second, like Instagram reel. That's probably like about what I would, what Mm -hmm. I would say. Chase wants to know when it comes to sweatsuits, Amy Leon Dior or essentials. I just think it's important to say that it just matters if it fits you. You know, (laughs) it just matters if it fits you. You guys, poor Chase, you know, listen, man, the kid's trying He's trying to get swag. He's He's trying to get swag. ALD. He's got an ALD. He's got an ALD sweatsuit. Which I don't blame him because when you're around like big dogs like us rocks, Mm -hmm. like you're you're more motivated to step up the drip. Yeah, definitely. And the poor guy didn't understand how like the baggy shit is kind of in. And how sizing works. Dude. If you're above six feet. (laughs) He's six three buying a medium. (laughs) And I'm like, hey man. I wear a large. Yeah, I wear yeah, I wear a large or an XL. Yeah. I'm like, Chase, let's get you on that XL, maybe 2X <laughs> yeah, vibe, dude. dude. And then he overcompensated and was like, you know what? I got the hoodie. I got to get the sweatpants too. He's like, ah, I maybe went a little bit too small on this on this sweatshirt. So I got to like 
get a bigger mm-hmm. size for the for the pants but if you know anything about how like sizing with the so- pants and shorts work is like you go oversized on top and then you're gonna probably go a little bit smaller <laughs> so man he got his sizing mixed up it's okay but it's all good dude he's it, trying it he, happens. he got ald sweatpants yeah. there's a sweatsuit and that's all that matters this is from our good friend louis barrett across the pond apart from a camera and lens what's the next best investment for a videographer I'm going to say either a mic or lights, but probably a mic. I think mic because yeah. my, my motto is the four things that make a great video, video, audio, color, story. Um, and so audio being like one of the big four for me. Swag th- is five. Swag swag. I forgot five. My yeah. bad. Fifth. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the ones that I would invest in. And you don't even need to go. I was talking to someone last night about this, like just go get one of the cheaper entry-level road microphones yeah and the reason why i don't think you should, guys should go spend money on a shit mic is because one audio is really easy to mess up and if someone has bad audio they're immediately gonna swipe away you ever been on tiktok you swipe someone has a bad audio with a little tiny mic you you're like this is terrible my yeah. ears are crying um so invest in a good high quality mic you never want to buy stuff twice that so you don't have to yeah so you know try and invest save up your money a little bit spend a little bit extra get a nicer brand for that stuff um yeah that's what that's what i would do phoenix sun source says what's your day-to-day schedule like as a creative i wish i had a direct schedule but it fluctuates every week like last week i i was we didn't know if we were gonna go to sf and then on tuesday yeah. i get i get hit up like we win game three and they're like or game four you're like you're going to sf i'm like oh, okay so then i just pack my shit and then like we leave the airport the next day at like 10 a.m um so i feel like every week during the year my schedule is fluctuating a ton because it's like we're we're trying to figure out when we're gonna pod when the three yeah. of us our schedules can line up um i'm doing coaching calls in the evening sometimes we like if we pick something up as a squad like that's great I want, I would love to literally have the, th- now the summer, dude, I'm going to get swole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get swole. I'm going to let you, you sure? I'm going to let you have a little bit yeah. of rain and then I'm going to tighten it up. Okay. Um, but I'm going to try to start going to the gym again. That makes me feel good and feel yeah. happy, feel healthy. So I would like to have more of a consistent schedule, but I'd be lying to you if I said that there was any yeah. consistency in what I do right now. And it, it kind of stresses me out to be honest. I won't even lie. I wish I had that in my life right now. I feel off yeah. right now a little I th- bit. I think both of us thrive off of having like a set schedule. Yeah. I'll say this, like again, being freelance, each day is different because mm. some days you have shoots, some days you don't, some days you're going to be out of the house more, some days you're in the house editing, um, some days you don't really feel like working. But what I will say is I kind of have... Um, a loose routine like I'll wake up I drink my coffee I like to read and journal in the morning um, make myself a good breakfast shower try to make my bed um, I'm getting back into the gym I like to work out more so in in like before noon um, I'm getting the most like my work the the bulk of my work probably done between like 11 and like 5 I don't like to work late into the night. I like to give, uh, once that sun goes down for me, I'm kind of like checked out. Checked out. So yeah, every day kind of like varies, but I will say there are like a few non-negotiables and and things that I do every single day. Sometimes I do them earlier in the day. Sometimes I do them later. Um, But yeah, kind of varies. What do you think about landscape photography, RDS Black? I... 
I don't really know what I think about landscape photography. I think it's real pretty. I think it's <laughs> pretty stuff, yeah. dude. Let's Hell go. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know though. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's cool stuff. I think that landscape photography more so than any other genre of photography or even video for that matter, you're so at the mercy of what the world is doing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like Mother you Nature. Might, yeah. You might go to a really sick lookout spot and it might be super cloudy or you might have the best sunset of your entire life and your shot and how it's going to turn out is so determinant on the conditions that are going on in your like location. Um, you don't really get that if you're in a, you know, in a, in arena filming mm -hmm. Lakers yeah. or, or yeah. at a concert. concert yeah. Um, but I think that like the, the probability of you getting like a banger shot is so much more out of your control mm. than any other type of it's really interesting to think yeah, about photography yeah i think um i like i started not doing landscape photography but doing travel video videography and like i love that stuff so yeah. I, and i i was like going on trips and stuff with people that only did photos and they were showing me like how they bracket stuff yeah it's really it, it's landscape photography is way harder it's not just like oh let me that's not it. Yeah. These guys go crazy in Photoshop and in Lightroom. They do crazy stuff to make it happen. I would also say it's a much slower mm. process to get a banger landscape shot. Like you're more likely than not going to have it set up on a tripod. tripod. Like mm -hmm. you're thinking about the composition a lot more. Mm -hmm. I feel like for what me and you do, like me having done the concerts and you doing sports, it's so much more just like running gun yeah shooting just try to get the mm -hmm. shot onto the next i think it's a much slower process with yeah, landscape definitely minlu underscore 11 who are the creators that you want to work with i'd cry if i got to work with casey neistat yeah i'd be pretty sick that'd be my guy yeah yeah I'm trying to think who i would like to work with um definitely casey there's a director named edgar stevens i okay. believe is his last name he runs a production company called Blank Studios. I've been following him for a minute and he's a director and he started off shooting Russ for free mm. and he's like turned his production company into like one of the biggest. And his he's young, his energy is just so infectious. It would be so sick to be on set with him. He's one of like the more, I would say like traditional media kind of guys not like social media influencers mm. or social media content creators um but i just like love his energy and i think he'd be sick to be around someone i'd love to have on the podcast for sure um i'd love to work with peter mckinnon mm. like any peter. of like, the, any yeah, of, like, those the big ogs yeah i agree yeah, i'm with you for sure um kimmy elias would love to know more about different creative contracts with sports teams from what i've heard um there's you're either full-time salary with a team right you're either with like a news publication, um, like LA Times, Getty, um, you know, OC Register, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And that's how they get access to the game. So they're shooting photo content for the stories of the writers of this publication. Um, and then you have some like third party sources like Bleacher Report. Um, what I will say, though, is the best access comes from being with the team. So like if you're not with sure. the team, you're never going in the locker room. You're yeah. never going in the back. You're never going to see those more intimate moments. And as far as pay goes for contracts, you're either salary, right? You're either hourly. Um, I found that most of my creative friends that I talk to that are in the NBA, in the NFL, they're all salary. They're not hourly. And then if you're working as a contract, like with any of these leagues, I found that 
it's usually not a very high day rate. And so I think that it's much more beneficial to you and worth your time. If you want to just do that on the side and maybe leverage it, sure. But it's not something I would say you're not going to be contracted by any sports team and probably make what you want to make to make a living. You'd probably have to do that and do something else. If that, if you like love sports to death, you're like, I just want a contract. I don't want to be full time with them. Um, but if you're full time, yeah, you could totally, that's, that's how that would go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, leg day underscore workout. What Costas is not working on. They asked the question, best way to brand your video business. If you never want to be the front face of the brand, that's a great question. Oh shit. Best way to brand your video business. If you never want to front face the brand. Okay. What do you think? I, I think that, okay. One, I think you're leaving stuff on the table. If you're not front facing, I think you're leaving a little bit of bread on the table because I think that people connect with people. And yeah. so like, I think that like a lot of the inquiries that I've gotten and from friends that I've talked to, the reason why they get reached out to brands is because someone from the brand's team and marketing or whatever sees a piece of content. They go, I like this person. I think we should work yeah. with them, you know? And so I don't think it's end all be all because there's fuck ton of production studios in Los Angeles that I have no idea who the founder is. They're just yeah. like blah, blah, blah name. Right. And I think that that comes from feeling out. Okay. One, who's your target audience? Are you going after the equinoxes of the world? Are you going after the, the Louis Vuittons, the most premium brands? Are you going after the brands in the middle? So figuring out who it is that your target audience is and making stuff that looks and feels like the content that those people and those brands are posting. And that's kind of like branding, right? Is literally, if I say the Costas Garcia, what is the first thing that pops into your head? Small, right? Right off, <laughs> right off the bat. That's branding, right? That the, the 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 what I think, what I think, and what I feel about the brand when it's said, like that's that's how you think about the brand. Yeah. Louis Vuitton, like Apple, premium, high quality, sleek, whatever, right? That's the that's what branding is doing. So sure. if you want to work with different types of brands, if you want to work with the outdoorsy brands, I shouldn't make stuff that looks like Apple's content, yeah. right? Yeah. And so just thinking about how you can produce content, you don't ever have to be in the stuff, but your website should look and feel like the people that you want to go after. Your social should look and feel like the people that you want yeah. to go after. And so when they say, oh, you know, Kith, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the store on Rodeo. I'm thinking mm -hmm. expensive, high-end luxury, right? I'm thinking of all the different brands that Kith brings into, to yeah. those stores. And that's what I would do. Yeah. I think it's really good advice. Right. Okay. I don't really have anything else to say. Good about shit. That. Okay. All right. Next up, Matt ABDO. When do you leave the nine to five to go full time freelance? Fucking ASAP, dog. <laughs> Fuck that shit. No, I'm kidding. Um, I would say leave your nine to five to go full freelance once you have enough of a portfolio and you've built your network up enough. And you maybe have a few retire, a few retainer clients lined up, to where you feel confident enough in yourself to be able to match when you quit your nine to five, match in your freelance business what you're making nine to five or close. And if you're able to make close to what you're making at your nine to five, quitting your nine to five and going full time in freelance opens up more time 100%. for you to focus on being freelance. But I would say wait until you have more ducks in a row than like just jumping. Mm, I couldn't agree in. more. I, I'm, I'm more of a, it's not risk averse is the word that I'm looking for, but I would say I'm more on the side of like, let me get everything lined up. Yeah. Then I would take the leap, you know? Yeah. So like you said, I would get like six months of expenses, at least four, three or four months. Yeah, of definitely expense, save up for sure. You know, get three or four months of rent and every, your car payment, whatever, like food. 
and get that saved up and then kind of make make it into a spreadsheet like do crunch the numbers of like okay if i quit and every client left me how long could i last Mm -hmm. and maybe that'll light a little bit of fire under your ass and you'll be prepared for that uh, Matt, again, best piece of gear you do not regret buying this podcast, Mike, dude, because this fucking community is amazing. And I'm so happy that we're doing the pod. Makes me really happy every week. And these mics are expensive. These are really nice mics. This is an investment, dude. And we can use them for our personal TikToks yeah. and Instagram vids. Would you say the same? Were you saying the mic too? Best piece of gear you don't regret buying? I don't know if this is really camera gear, but probably my AirPod Maxes because Brandon doesn't have a pair and they're really sick. He's still borrowing his mom's headphones. <laughs> um, how do you get past TikTok slash IG vid compression? Johnny Galjor. I dude, like there was literally a year. I don't know if you guys remember this. Okay. There was a period of time when I first had met you where this girl yeah. was going viral on TikTok because her fucking camera yeah. had an F or the guy that was filming this girl yeah. dancing had an F 1.8 lens and TikTok was like, that's on an 8K camera. And yeah. I'm like, Dude, like, are you kidding me? This is what's going viral now. So I, I remember I went outside and tried to do a video at f1.8 and I uploaded every damn day and it would compress. Yeah. And I could not figure out what the TikTok gods wanted. I watched all these guys' videos on YouTube and I genuinely still don't know, which is so frustrating. But I think that my stuff now looks really good, but it also has yeah. the high quality video option. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of messed around with different bit rates. I think that if you use Premiere Pro VBR one pass at a target bit rate of 15 has looked pretty damn good. Um, but you had another thing that you were saying. I would just say if you're shooting 4K export in 1080p, mm-hmm. like I, the platforms aren't 4K. Yeah. It's Exc- gonna, not YouTube. We're not talking about YouTube. Yeah. On Instagram and TikTok, like. If you're uploading in 4K, they're gonna compress it more mm-hmm. because it's a higher quality video. And it's like, you're not gonna be watching a 4K video on Instagram or TikTok. So if you're shooting 4K, export in 1080p and make your timeline 1080p. Bang. Austin Looper, what's the most challenging and rewarding aspects of being a photographer? Dude. Deep breath. Dude, just... Uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> All the ladies. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, what's the question? Most challenging and rewarding aspects of being a photographer. Being a button pusher. What's exciting about it? Man, I would say, and I don't know if every photographer gets this, but like when I get kids coming up to me, messages or in person telling me how much I've inspired them, like that is the most rewarding shit ever. Like to think that, art that I create can have an impact on somebody else to want to pursue a similar career, or try to do what I do, or that I just inspire them to create more. Like that is probably the most rewarding and fulfilling. That's special. That yeah. is special. Okay. This is from John Gonzo. Shout out John. Best response when clients go, should you follow up and how many times? Um, I think that if, if you hit them up and say you send a proposal, right. And they don't respond for like five days. I'd hit them up on that fifth day or on the sixth day. If that's like it lands on a Monday or something, if it's like a weekend, whatever respond. If they don't respond to that email in two days, I would reach back out a last time. And that would be probably the last time I'd reach out. But I think that 
It's also like Kosas, we were talking about this before the pod. It's a red flag if they're not. Yeah. That's like a bad juju of like even you're saving yourself from getting into something where they're not responding. I think that you give them the benefit of the doubt the first email of like maybe they're super busy. They had a brand launch or whatever, you know. But after that, yeah, it's like, yo, dude, don't leave me on red. Come on. It's funny because hmm. it's like the same as like texting a new girl. 100%, dude. Right? Like... <laughs> Like, come Let's on. say you really like her, right? Yeah, yeah. We really like this like, brand. Yeah, this chick's really cute. She's or like super this, like, cute. This like brand you really want to work with. <laughs> She's they, beautiful. They reach out to you and then you like message them yeah. back. You're like, oh, new client, Dude. new girl. Maybe I'm going to get a new girlfriend. We're set. Then they ghost you and then you're like, man, fuck this chick. I don't even want her in the first place. Like, fuck this brand, whatever. And then they take a few days like, oh, sorry, I was sick. I was out of office. They hit you back. You're like, oh, man, I was tripping. like, I was like, just playing yeah. around. Yeah, I was just messing around. But yeah, could be a red flag. Could be just that um, your email got lost in the ether. Um, so definitely follow up. I like your advice of like following up twice if, if they don't respond to you. Uh, more than that, just let it go. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was like first, first starting out, there was, um, I was like, reaching out to gyms because I was doing a lot of social media content for gyms and this one I went and I did this whole presentation for him and I was like for sure I'm gonna lock him in and then he like ghosted me and I think I followed up like three or four times over the course of like three months and I was at some point I was just like I Fuck, like this dude's just not <laughs> responding. He doesn't want. I was like, it. "What did I do?" Like, he seems so confident that he we were gonna lock in a deal, and like nothing ended up happening. Um, That's funny. But yeah, why did you ever think to make your branding so specific to you, B Figgy? Everything. This is from Ben Klein, BK Photos. I think that it's probably one of the worst decisions you ever yeah, made. I th- no, I think so too. <laughs> um, if I yeah, if I ever say some crazy shit, like we're going under for sure. That's a that's a fact. Um, but. I wanted... What is this weird, dude? B-Figgy <laughs> is all you, dog. <laughs> I, I I just... I think I wanted it to be tied um, to the things that I do. Like when, when I was in school, I remember when Instagram had first came out, I was just trying to think of something catchy. And, yeah. And like, I, I didn't want it to just be Braden Figueroa. Sure. I wanted there to be something that when you said it was kind of catchy and like rolled yeah. off the tongue smooth and people had called me B-Figgy all throughout growing up playing baseball. That was Sick. what all, all my coaches called me because my dad was Big Fig. And so they were like, we got, well, it was Little Fig and I hated being called Little Fig because mm-hmm. I was little. Yeah. And so B-Fig stuck. And so that's what, that's what we ended up going with. But at the same time, I wanted like brand recognition when you saw stuff that I was putting out. So yeah. if I if I ever put out LUTs, it would be B-Figgy, da-da-da, LUTs. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's, that's just important for, you don't have to do it that way. And like a lot of people, like someone else was asking, I want to separate myself. I don't want to be the face of any of that stuff. So yeah. two ways to do it. I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I also saw a guy like Gary Vee. And I saw a guy like Ryan Serhant and I was studying, I was studying guys like that, like that are crushing it on yeah. social. that are like destroying their br- Ryan Serhant homes or whatever. I don't know what it is. Serhant properties, I think, sure. or whatever. Gary Vayner, blah, blah, blah. It's like their names are so intertwined. Yeah. And so the same time back to my branding thing with like Apple at the beginning, you were like buying into this crazy Steve Jobs character. You're like, I don't know about this Apple stuff because We've never seen it. And this guy's talking crazy about all these products, but this guy's convincing me to buy this. And so I'm buying into this brand. So I kind of wanted it to be similar where like 
if you like the stuff that I'm putting out and you like me as a person, yeah. hopefully you would think that my products are just as high quality as I'm, as I'm talking about. And I think, you know, that's kind of how I saw it like intertwining die and a career. You skipped over one. Why is Brandon so small? That was from me. No. Yeah. I just, we're just going to important questions. I was, I know. I want to know why you're looking kind of tiny, dude. I you actually, fell off. Huh? This is what's crazy is I could go nine months out of the gym and I'm still bigger than you. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, die and a creative. Should I work with music libraries or original music for projects? Shit. If I had original stuff, that'd be amazing, yeah. but I don't have a it, original composers are expensive. Well, also like it comes down to licensing too. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like original music, like you can't just use like a Drake song. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think if you have the ability to use original music, Fuck yeah, do it. Yeah. But um, the reason you use a music library is just because it's all royalty free and you don't have to worry about, you know, getting flagged. Yeah. And I think that there's different um, there's different music. A lot of people had questions about music platforms. And this is important because when you work with a client, right? I remember one time this screwed me, dude. I had maybe gotten like a three thousand dollar client, biggest client I had gotten at the time. I was so excited for it. I'm like, yeah, this song's royalty free, whatever. And then I looked on the website. It was like nine fifty and I could have cried. And they were like pressing me about this song. And I'm like, listen, okay. It's like really expensive. I, I didn't account for that in the budget. And I kind of like shot myself in the foot by sending it to them and whatnot. So just be very mindful of, mm. you know, the tracks that you're picking. And if the website, if like, like for example, Artlist, I believe it's like 30 bucks or whatever. That's it. There's no extra BS fee. I remember on like Epidemic Sounds, you had to like buy it. So you could you could yeah. like buy this song for like using it for an ad and it it would fluctuate depending on the size of your company. And so, dude, then you're getting into like, oh, if, yeah. like, if the company I'm working with has 200 employees, now the song is five thousand, which makes sense. I get it. Like whatever. But at the same time, if you're the person making it, you got to be really mindful of that stuff of the, you know, the music that you're using in your videos. Totally. And as you get working with bigger clients the licensing side of things you have to think about more so because sure. if they're running you know full-on commercials yeah. or just working with bigger brands more licensing comes into play this is from cam sacalarios yep right there biggest advice for a young creative to get their first client when they move out to la it's a great question probably I, tell them you know brandon kosas yeah that'd be that'd be a good first thing you could do yeah i think be be ready to do grunt work right be ready to do work i think that maybe isn't as glamorous is in your is in your head right because i think at the end of the day whenever you're moving out to a new city it's all about like literally shaking people's hands and yeah. getting getting your name out there going to play going to a coffee shop and just meeting people and trying to talk to as many different people as you can kind of in the space and seeing what they do oh what do you do oh i do this and this and this oh I, okay cool i make videos like you know if that then just casually bringing it up not like oh i make videos how could i help your company because that's kind of weird right but making casual conversation with people because it can come up naturally and you don't have to sell yourself especially no one yeah. wants to be sold when you first meet them right yeah want to be like a nice casual um conversation so and I, I also think you can potentially set it up before you would even get out to the city right so yeah you find an entrepreneur guy or something and you're like oh hey i could make this guy short form stuff and he could be like one of my first clients and all it takes is one yeah. because birds of a feather flock together and then you can come on dude and then you can find another business owner after you meet this one business owner and be hey do you have any friends chances are his friends also are business owners and then you can maybe get a couple clients and then you get three four five six twenty forty nine clients <laughs> dude that's it yeah that's it and then you stop
I would also say a piece of advice. When you're first moving out here, let's say you want to work with a restaurant okay. or a gym. Like pick a genre or a clothing brand. Pick a genre that you maybe want to focus on. And it can be a few. But go through and find local businesses. And it can even be on Yelp. Like if you go on Yelp and type LA and gym, all these gyms come up. You check out their social medias. The ones that have good social media accounts, like good content, they're probably already working with some. So it's not to your benefit to even reach out to them. But target the businesses whose content isn't great and reach out to those because likely they don't have someone that's like that good or like they're the ones trying to run it themselves and they don't know anything about it. So just try to position yourself to where you're reaching out to businesses and companies that you know for a fact you could help because you can make better content than what they have already. And I think also like educate these businesses, right? Like at the end of the day, a lot of the times, uh, many times when you're working with some of these businesses and it's like one of your first clients, it's a lot of the time you're their first, um, like you're their first contracted worker that's yeah. in a content creation situation, yeah. right? And so showing them, hey, this is what your competitors are doing. This is why I think that they're getting more, bringing more customers in or whatever. This is why I think their content's performing well and showing them that like educating them, not saying, Hey, I need like 2000 bucks for five videos. They're not going to even understand. Yeah. Like what I know I need the videos, but like, why, what am I getting out of this? You know, should we run it as ads? Whatever, you know, I would even argue or I would, I could even advise you. Let's say you do find like a restaurant that you want to work with or you feel that could benefit from your services if you're still moving out here or if you're moving out here and you're kind of just starting out and not as well established be like hey i'd love to come shoot for you literally for free let me show you what i can do like if you like the content amazing we can talk about working together if not all good you get something for your portfolio but having it as like a win-win for them and position it to where Okay, maybe you don't charge anything for the first shoot that you do with them. If they like it, then you can discuss a content plan moving forward. Yeah, I love that. I like that. And last but not least, Daniel Wilkins Photography. Hi, Rox. I just booked a promo video for a product on Amazon. Any advice on storyboarding? So let's let's pretend that this is like a door sensor. This is so random. It's just like okay. the first thing that popped in my head, right? Because it's like a random product on sure. Amazon, okay? I would start to think about, okay, how could I show off the product in its actual environment? So maybe someone break, fake a break into this house. Like this is just random, right? Maybe I'd fake a break in in the commercial and it would alert someone on their phone via an app. And that's kind of how I would show the video. But I, I would think about how the product actually works in the wild and then figure out, okay, how can we build out the story around the product and show it in a way um, that... It also depends on the the branding of, of said product and kind of what it's going to look and feel like if it's, you know, if it's like security systems or whatever, right? Probably not like the sexiest thing to make a commercial for, sure. but you could have some fun with it and maybe like you get some fun actors yeah. to like have have a little bit more dialogue in the ad than traditionally where people are like, I can think of the classic burglary commercial, you know, that's like popping into my yeah. head. Um, or like I, I would genuinely just show... I think showing it off in the wild is a great is a great start. And then thinking about how for Amazon specifically, I feel like the video shouldn't be long. Feel if it's yeah. like popping up on the product page, 
15 seconds maybe right yeah. i don't want to like watch a two minute tutorial about the the door thing i just want to like yeah. get oh good this is what it does i could see myself buying that think about how fast people buy it on amazon dude. totally you're just one clicking yeah you know so that's what i would do i'm like looking behind you and i see our fucking sick ass dyson vacuum okay right so like you can buy that on amazon yeah 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 so i would say you want to use that let's use that sure okay let's back up we're going to use a new pro Forget the first product. We're using a Dyson vacuum. I would just say like before you get into storyboarding and figuring out like shot by shot, figure out the story you want to tell and kind of write out the script. So let's say if we're using a vacuum, okay, what is the, your 30 second video story? Figure that out. And then, okay, what shots do you need in order to tell that story? And then... I would consume or try to find other videos from similar products and see how they're making ads yeah. or even like consume like other types of videos and be like, I like that kind of shot. How can I incorporate that into my video? I love that. And I think a big thing with storyboarding is literally consuming stuff, yeah. screenshotting it, yeah. putting it into your deck and saying like, hey, we're going to recreate a shot like this or I want this overhead shot like this. And you could even do it at your home. It doesn't have to like it doesn't have to be all lit well or whatever. You're just showing examples of what it is that you're going to do for when you get out there. It's like it's your playbook. You know, you're going to yeah. be like, OK, this is how we're going to actually make said thing happen. And I think it also depends um daniel if you're doing this for the home page of amazon or like on the product itself if you're yeah. running this as a vertical ad my answer is going to change every single time for what it is that you're trying to convert on you know whether totally. it's just awareness sales um yeah so i think that that's going to change the idea of the storyboard and the story of your video which in turn will you know change out that outcome yeah and then definitely just try to make sure you have a variety of different focal lengths, wide, medium, tight shots mm -hmm. all on your storyboard. Bang, dude. Come on. What an insane Q and A. Were wow. we going high five? I, I just, don't know. Sorry. I don't know what I was going. I was feeling that out. And I think that this was a really fun episode yeah. 63, dude. Come on. Shout We're, out to all the rocks. Dude, we missed Chase. We missed Chase. But, you know, we answered his question. We did. And, and I, we had a lot of questions. So dude. many a lot of questions, dude. Are, shout out, shout out to the Rock Nation, dude. I appreciate you guys so much. I'm really excited about this community that we're building. And we're also working on making a Discord. So if that's something that you guys would be interested in, please DM us. Let us know if the Discord sounds like a fun idea. But I would love to literally have like a family of like 5,000 little pebbles just in a group, you yeah. know, <laughs> 5,000 little rocks in a group. And we just have like a great time. Oh, yeah. People are chatting, making trips. Let us know if that's something you guys want to do. Please leave a, leave a like on this video. Hit that subscribe button. Give us that five-star review. And we'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Peace.